bring heaven down. Well, we let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His purposes and his plan, his kingdom. But we join the heavenly hosts. Jesus was of the church of the firstborn. Revelation speaks about the church of the firstborn. That's who we are, those who are born again. So every time we come together, we don't just pull down the will of God. We pull down the purposes and the will of God, and then we enter into the cloud of witnesses, the just men made perfect, the 24 elders upon the throne, and all of those that are part of the family of God. Surely we look for an open heaven. Those times are during the Feast of Tabernacles. It's an open heaven. God then comes down and dwells with us for eight days. Right? But I just want you to get this concept in your mind that once we enter in as a family in our worship, what we're doing then is, is that because the worshipers, the worship leaders, have gotten the songs to get us to join heaven. Okay? That's why there's the warfare on worship. Hello? That's the warfare that's on worship. That's why there's so much preparation in preparing for worship. That's why the Word says, sing sing spiritual songs and spiritual hymns. We don't want to be just singers of songs. Right, Judy? And it was spoken this morning. The Father says, you must come to me in spirit and in truth. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So we can sing songs on on this plane. On the plane. But if we want to sing our spiritual song to Him, then it has to be by the Spirit. Because God is Spirit. He's not flesh and blood. So in turn, if we want to minister to the Father, we have to minister to Him in Spirit. That's why the word, I'm not sure who it was, but no rock is going to take my place. Because it says, if we don't worship God, even the rocks will cry out. I don't want a rock to take my place. If a rock can be anointed and empowered because there's life in everything, right? God created the rocks. Everything's been created to worship Him. Amen? Now, I want you to listen to to, uh, Hebrews 10, 32 through 39, what was spoken, the scripture that the Lord gave Terry. Once again, the Holy Spirit is orchestrating this morning. Amen. Amen. How many of you believe in fortune cookies? (laughs) Not a single hand. There isn't a single hand in here. For those of you that are listening, there isn't a single hand in this house that believes in fortune cookies. Kathy does. Kathy does. Fortune cookies. That's exactly where we got one. Now we were there whatever night it was, Kathy and I, having something to eat, getting some of those veggies, because you can get them on the buffet table. And at the end, what do you do? You open up your fortune cookies. It was Friday, thank you. Who can quote Hebrews 11 verse 1 for me? Faith is the substance. 
of those things hoped for, but yet not seen or realized. Her fortune cookie had Hebrews 11 in it. At my age, and Kathy doesn't want me to talk about my age, for as long as I have lived, thank you, as long as I have lived, it's longer than a jubilee. I love you. Kathy opened up her fortune cookie, and it says, faith is the experience substance of those things hoped for. Now I thought that was pretty amazing. Something that Confucius said or was supposed to have said. You got it. Probably the number of the Son of Man, I would think. <laughs> son of God. But see, I'm, I want you to, I'm hoping to, uh, bring us to a place this morning of what that Scripture means to us. Because we've talked a lot about Psalms 139 in your story. Amen? And you have faith because you keep hearing over and over and over again about your story, Psalms 139. Faith is a substance. There's substance within your story. And Deb read a scripture or said something today that whatever scriptures you read earlier today, you said that we don't draw back. That was the one that Terry had. That was Hebrews 10, 32 through 39. Spoke peace for God. Mm-hmm. A, a mouthpiece for God, and you're blasting. And mm, all the prophets, the true prophets that I know, <laughs> and that we read in the Word, they have an anointing to break every chain. That's right. They have yeah. a breaker anointing. They have a breaker anointing to speak it. A prophet can't, you know. A service can be, Pastor was talking about changing the atmosphere, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Sean talked about let's not let it drop. Right. He said let's keep the atmosphere up. What that means is your spirit is emitting faith. Mm-hmm. Your spirit is saying, I want more of you, God. It, it, it's a corporate thing that all of us are doing. But if, a, you know, if there's a time a prophet may be led to speak something and it just ignites the whole atmosphere, yeah. you know how that works? So the enemy doesn't want that. That's right. That's right. So, so I read that this week, but what I want to say is the rest of the story is the prophets don't shrink back. Nope. They nope. can't stop. Right. You have to find, 
if you've reached the end, you have to find somewhere else in God. And it just, when you do that, it expands more of your influence in the realm of the Spirit. Yeah. Just that's a little sideline. Amen. Sorry, sorry that's, a, that's some of those croutons you like at, yeah. at Ruby Tuesday. You know, you at the it. end of the yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just threw some of those at you. Buddy. Cool. And they're warm. Amen. <laughs> and they're crispy on the oven. Because they bake them in the oven. <laughs> Anything out of the oven is good. Hang on, hang on, because there's a focus right here in the stream, because I don't want to lose sight of what's going on here. Okay? It's all right. Church of the firstborn, prophetic, apostolic, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're all ingredients, according to Jesus, that will allow the church to be established and accomplish what God chooses to do. I don't know if you noticed, when Kathy was talking... The one hand was moving, but the other one was right here. See, I don't carry the trumpet. I'm not called a prophet. I can prophesy. I can tap into. But Kathy carries the mantle of the prophetess, which is all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. So understanding that there is a significant part that we see that's necessary because in God's voice is declared. Now, as we weave this back into Hebrews, faith is the substance of those things hoped for, those things not yet seen or realized. Okay? We talked about Psalms 139, your story. Your story is not the destination. Because if it was just about your story, then all you would do is focus on yourself. But everybody here is part of your story. You're part of my story. All of those just men made perfect. The heavenly hosts, they're all part of our story. And we're part of theirs. Because as I began to speak it, see, as Paul said, he was ready to go any time. But he knew it wasn't his time. But yet also he knows, and according to his word, God's word, there are those just men made perfect, those that have gone before us are waiting for you and I because they have not received their glorified bodies yet. So when the fullness of tabernacles comes, and that trumpet sounds, guess what? All of those that were buried are going to rise. We've talked about it down here, all the Christians, those that have been born again, those that call upon the name of Jesus, in every cemetery on the earth, when that trumpet sounds, when the fullness of trumpet sounds, The dead in Christ, and this is the word, just read it. This isn't my theology. It's just the word. That's why we recognized the Feast of Trumpets, which was Saturday, right? On the Day of Atonement, all of those that are going to be walking the earth for ten days, on that Day of Atonement, Jesus is going to come. And he's not just going to cover our sin. He's going to remove it. When the high priest went into the temple one time a year, the blood, excuse me, the sins of the nation of Israel was placed upon an escape goat. That's where the word comes up. Escape goat. There was two goats. One was slain for the sins of Israel. The second one was sent out. The first one Jesus came the first time to cover our sin. 
His next return when he comes, the second coming, he's then going to remove. The goat had to be removed from outside of the camp. Now, sin is going to be removed from the earth. Amen? So, Psalms 139, the end of your story is the destination. And what's the end of the story? To walk with God. As it started with Adam and Eve. The end of your story is is that we will walk with Him. So I want you to have a better understanding of what Hebrews 11.1 is all about. Because Paul, those of that day when that was written, they recognized, and it was spoken in Hebrews 10.32, their hope was Jesus' return. Now, we often use that scripture, faith is the substance of things hoped for so I can get a new car, or I can get a new job, or we'll get this building next door. Or my trials and my tribulations will be done. Or my circumstances will change. Or Barbara will finally get it. Okay? Whatever that is. I don't either. Okay. Then let's put it this way, Tina. Then your husband will finally get it. How's that? See, when we begin to recognize... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, those things that yet not have come or been experienced. As we begin to move through our story, Psalms 139, it's always with our eyes upon the goal. Paul talked about it. He doesn't beat about the air. In turn, his eyes upon the prize. So what I'm hoping as I begin to speak to you this morning these hopes and dreams and these things that have not yet had substance to them, but you have faith for them, are just only part of the journey, not the destination. Because we keep using our circumstances, our places in life, our dreams and our hopes as the destination. So when it doesn't take place when we want it to, or how we think it should, Then what happens? We get discouraged. We get disappointed. But realizing all along, all along, when we establish that scripture in our lives, faith is a substance. Faith is a substance of those things hoped for, that I believe for are all incorporated with the final goal. And this is going to take us back to where we were last week. And what was that? That was Isaiah 61, or if you want to go to Mark 4.18. Our story, when Jesus came out of the wilderness, the chapters in his life, these very words that he spoke, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel. Okay? There was a part in his story that was empowered. It was activated. But what was his destination? The cross. But in his story, 
that which the circumstances, every situation that he found himself in, were all according to the word, according to his story, that every scripture must be fulfilled concerning him before he died, which the ultimate destination was crucifixion. He was the Passover lamb. So as you're now getting a grasp, hopefully, of that every time we come into a disappointment, it's not coming out the way we thought it would. Well, it's a lot more work than we thought it would be. Well, it's just not as fast as we thought it would be. But it's just not looking the way I thought it would. It should never be to the point where it takes your strength of the substance of the things that you're hoping for. Because that could be a detour. There could be other relationships that are being developed through that. And I'm just using that as an example because there's so many things in your own life. Helping somebody in their home and all the doors are locked. Okay? All right, then, then there had to be a reason, right, Wayne? There had to be a reason. And so rather than saying, wow, disappointment, I can't get in. Oh, man, what are they going to think? She's going to be upset with me. I wanted to get this stuff done because I've only got so many Wednesdays during the week to do it. And we just go on and on and on and on. And guess what? We're distracted. From what? The destination. The destination. In testimony, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but the technical difficulty at the end of the worship. Yeah. There was some technical difficulty, right? Yep. Um, I don't know if people heard what it said, but it said false narrative. That's what it says. False narrative. False narrative. Exactly. It's what was spoken, and we talked about, I believe, this this morning in our deacons and elders meetings, because there was Joy, I believe, who came last Tabernacles, and she says you need to change the narrative. So you need to change the narrative and by which the way you live, not allowing your story to distract you, to discourage you, to disappoint you, to take your strength, to change your view or alter your perspective. See? Is this be a good time for a story? It's always a good time for a story. This, everything's a story. Isn't this a story right now? Okay, so you've got to hear the whole story. Because this is the way the word's coming. And we're just going to go with the flow today. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, believe me, I don't want to stand here. Okay, I want to explain. I want to give you a story to apply what Pastor has been teaching. Friday... We had to have a very intense meeting with the owners of that building. Okay? The intensity was November 1st is the closing date on the building. A lot of things have to happen. We need a minimum of 118000 to $138,000 to close the deal. Okay? That's some t- is that some intensity for you? It sure is for me. Uh, people are making donations. Some of you made some donations here last week. And others are making donations. Uh, we might be around $30,000 at this point of that total I just told you. Not that it's not going to come in, but funds aren't coming in to meet this date. 
So we have to look at a bridge loan, which is just that. It means it's a bridge to get the building for a short period of time until all the donations and any grants that we receive eventually pay off the loan, right? Everybody follow me? Okay. So this is intense. We're not even 30, it's less than 30 days. Okay? You want to come up with that much? You want to carry that weight on your shoulders? Well, I sure don't like it. (laughs) And um, I try to give that weight to the Lord, but somebody has to do the work. You see, one of the things the Spirit was saying to me in worship this morning, Debbie came and somebody said, Deb, or somebody said, we're crossing over. Somebody declared that. And the Lord said, she talked about the ten, the 12 spies. You see, when you cross over and you go somewhere else, it's just not a freebie. Oh, we're in the promised land. There's work to be done. There are giants in the land that had to be slayed. Come on, that's what the giants, they saw giants and the other ten people came back and said, we can't take them, they are so big. There's no way we can do this. Well, let me tell you, when you're reaching the promised land and somebody's coming to say, this is too big, those giants are too big, we can't do this. We, we don't even have 30 days. You have to understand there's work involved. They, when they crossed over, they had to start figuring out how they were going to live, where they were going to, they had to clear stones. They had to, there's a lot of rocks over there. They had to find where the water was. They had to figure it out. They hadn't been there before. So there's a lot that goes into it. And what you have to understand, if we're all going, then we all have to do the work. There's work to be done. Even the children help. The babies. Well, you get the small stones. Help us get the tent. It's a corporate work. We all have to be a part of it. You know? So we're coming on Friday. We have a gigantic meeting. I'd gotten some news the night before, so you might as well hear it, because you you got to do the work of helping carry this, okay, in the spirit. That bingo, the $3,500 a month we were planning on from bingo, is they're leaving. They're not going to be there anymore, November 1st. Now, bankers like money coming in, and these people have been over there for years. We have our budget showing them how we're going to be able to pay for the building. They ha- they're not going to give you a loan if they don't think you can pay for it, do you see? So not only that did you have this other number, but now you're, you're not going to have this extra $3,500 a month going in. We have a meeting with the owners. We took uh, our capital campaign uh, person, professional, with us, and God started orchestrating the day. I'd had a meeting the night before with some of the leaders. We'd had a committee meeting here. We didn't disclose that because I had to talk to my leaders about it. First, the executive, the people that make decisions. It wasn't pretty, let me tell you. That meeting wasn't pretty. Because when you get down here, 
and you're now covering, carrying this, God's going to find out. Have you got the guts? Are you part of the two out of the 12 that say, we can do this? Or are you the one? Are you part of the other 10? We can't do this. I don't see a way. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. I had reached my max. I think everybody had at that meeting, after the big meeting. But like I told you, when the warfare comes, you have to find a way. You're either going to collapse at that point, and you're going to bail on it, and I've been in plenty of those Christian deals that have dropped to the bottom and never came to pass because people didn't get in there and shoulder this in the spirit and say, we won't be denied. Yes, we can take it. Yes, we can do it. Everybody has to have that. Everybody. And and there was something in the spirit that came here today that was ignited. I felt it. I felt everybody going, we're going for it. This is going to happen. You see, it's not pie in the sky. It's called faith. Is the substance of the things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's hard work when you get down to this. It's real hard. Real hard work. It's heavy lifting. Real heavy lifting. So we go to the meeting. We don't know how much time we have, but all they want to know is, are we closing by November 1st? That's on the contract. Or is this deal done? There's over, there's probably 3,000 man hours. I know at least 2,000 of it has not been paid that has been donated to bring us to this point since December. The church has made $30,000 of investments that we don't get back if this falls through. You hear what I'm saying? We go to the meeting. I've met, we've met with four different bankers. Everybody wants it, but they all say we can't possibly do this by November 1st. Okay? The appraisers cannot get the extra. They don't want to use the one that's three years old. They want a new one. So we either had to tell the owners we're going to see you on November 1st and you're going to, you're going to finance it, which they agreed to do, or you've got to extend the time to let the bankers do what they need to do. And believe me, we didn't know which way it was going. And that meant if it's November 1st, we had about 25 days to bring up the rest of that cash and pray in this grants. We have a lot of grants that are written out there, but none of the checks or the funds or the letters have come in yet. We need you to go and clear the stones, folks. Do you know how you do that? You bend down, you get on a knee before God, and you move one through prayer. We cannot do this without prayer. And I'm not talking about the kind of, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to do this. 25 more days, I don't. You can't do it that way. It's got to come from faith. 
You've got to you got to find it because that's just faith. That's pathetic faith that I just mumbled here. Faith is substance. It's strong man. Faith is a bodybuilder. Faith is a incredible hulk, if you will. You know, and sometimes we're like the incredible hulk. We just like look like a sniveling regular old human being until something when faith starts to arise in you and you you start transforming into something and and faith words start coming out of your mouth and something happens in your guts and you're like I won't be denied on this there's no way we don't we're not going this way again it's been 12 years since we tried to buy that building 12 has a lot of significance. 12 is an apostolic number. But what I was reminded this week by God himself, he said, it's been 12 years that you got to do this. You get to do this over. You get a do-over. There wasn't enough faith to carry it through in the corporate sense. It's not about my faith. It's about all of our faith together. There's synergy in it. Exponential, I'm now scaring the babies and making them cry. It's faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. We had to go from a pathetic meeting the night before, and Lonnie and I had to pull it out of heaven. Because we were the faces that were going to face this. You didn't have to go. And in the middle of it, God did all sorts of miracles. And they have agreed to give us until December 13th and give the appraisers time to do the appraisal. It will come in. Do you understand? And we have more time to gather our donations and let the banks know we're serious about this. Nobody's going away. Amen? Amen? And come up with the other plan to cover the $3,500, which wasn't too difficult. And it's going to be a lot more man hours for us chickens that are working on those budgets. So we need prayer, guys. We're, I don't like it. You know, you get one life. And I wanted to demonstrate this for you. Something the Lord showed me, but it couldn't do something cute. Imagine that when your life begins, somebody lights a candle. You get one. And it begins to burn. Right? Mm -hmm. And it keeps burning. And then it goes out. And you go to heaven. Sometimes we have in our world, it's an idiom of the day, a saying, I'm burning the candle at both ends. I've been in a season like that. I don't like to be in that because I don't have much, my candle's getting shorter. Some of you have a taller candle. Some of you have just begun this journey. You still have strength. Do you understand? You still have, have a, a tall candle in the midst of life expectation. Mm-hmm. 
Come help me. Help me so I don't have to burn the candle at both ends. Come help me on the night watches so I can sleep, so I can get a little rest because I know somebody, God woke them up and they're not just complaining because they can't sleep. They realize God woke them up to pray. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer works. Don't let the devil try to change the false narrative. So I want to tell you what we did. This is to bring in the narrative, and then I'm going to, I'm sorry, you should have held on to this. That would have been shorter. The false narrative thing that just happened here, before we went in the meeting, I hadn't had a shower in days. I had to shower before that meeting. And I came downstairs and said, okay, we got to prep now. we got to pray. He'd been praying, and, and we prayed. And the Lord said, going in the meeting, I said, what are we going to say? What do we do? And God said, change the narrative. Change the narrative. Change the narrative. Because the other narrative that was being spoken was false. It was, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this, we're not going to get this. So instead of anticipating they were going to be upset, they'd already, you know, there'd been some discussions with bankers that were also very incensed outside of our, you know, and we just went in there and we were just like, we did. I said, Lonnie, God said to change the narrative. So we went in and Lonnie went in and he says, and we just went in and no matter what their, what, things might have looked like or, you know, fears or whatever. And we went in and we said, we are so excited to be here. Lonnie went right over and hugged the owner and said, thank you for making this happen. Thank you for helping us make this happen. Thank you. We, we, can we spend a little time? Can we show you what we've been doing? Can we have, how much time have we got? Have we got an hour? Have we got 30 minutes? What do we got? And and Lonnie reached out and touched the the one of the owners uh, the owner and he said we're waiting for it to hear what he said and he said we've got as long as it takes and I said oh the boss has spoken we've got as long as it takes can we show you some pictures and we just began to speak it and we began to speak by faith and we began to let them know how things were going to be and how the income streams, because they were upset that the bingo was leaving, because now they're not going to have rent come November 1st to carry them, and they have a payment to make on the building. You know, there were a lot of things going on in that meeting over and over, but God just, we began to speak it into existence. Lonnie was speaking it into existence. He was sitting next to Richard, and, and you know, He's had a lot of challenges. He turns 80, November 15th. I want you to pray for him. Mm -hmm. He's had health challenges and stress challenges. So pray for him. Pray for the owners. Pray for them. And um, we had a million other things. We left the meeting. They agreed to it. We talked to our lawyer. The lawyer is doing the addendum, so we have until December 13th. Faith is a substance. So we go out. I said, look, I cannot eat cereal one more day for dinner, okay? He says, well, what kind of, should we, he said, we were out of cereal, number one. He said, should we stop and get some more cereal? And I go, 
I'm not thinking cereal. I have got to have some vegetables. Take me to the Chinese restaurant buffet because I'm going to eat every vegetable on that buffet. And then, guys, at one of the lowest moments, at a moment when I didn't think I could carry on, I just didn't know if I could go another inch. And I felt all alone. Even... You know, it was so much, it was so intense that day. And we get there, and there's the fortune cookie. Because he's always like, which one do you want? And I said, oh, just pick, give me mine. And mine was Hebrews 11, 1. It was a reminder and a sewing it up. And Lonnie goes, have you ever seen a scripture? I go, no, and you haven't either. I've been with you. We've been together since we were children. And I'm like... And Lonnie says, well, how did they? I said, I don't know. He says, do you think somebody, a Christian in China, underground, just, I'm serious, that a China person, when they're pumping these things out from China, threw one in there just to get the word out? And I said, well, gosh, I never thought about it. It's possible. And then I said, or the angels could have written it, Lonnie. Because I needed to hear his word. I've got to have that. I know that. I know that scripture. I teach that in my Bible school. But I've got to live it. I've got, on the days when the enemy has pounded me, no matter what, I've got to find a way to lay hold of that thing. Faith is substance. And it is everything. And it's the assurance of everything that you hope for. Did I, did I pull it together there? Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I truly don't believe that I can stand up here. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And he does it well. Hang on, because there's, <clears throat> there's a couple of others, and we may not do it this morning, because this is important where we are right now. Okay, I just want you to sense the substance of where we are right now. Because when Hebrews 11, when it was referenced in their time, knowing all the events, persecution, and all the things that were going on around them, their faith and their substance was based upon the Word. It wasn't a fantasy in their mind. It wasn't just a dream. It wasn't just a... um, What's the word I'm looking for? A prophetic dream. It wasn't just something that they had in their imagination. They knew the substance of what they were believing for, that the Word said that Jesus was going to come. That Jesus, because mind you, He had just died. Paul for 30-something years later. But the substance of things hoped for was the promise that Jesus was coming back. In the midst of, like I said, the persecution, the hiding, the running, death, all of those things. The loss of loved ones. And so when you begin to function now in these next days, that's not our destination. It's part of our story. Hello? That's just part of our story. But that part of the story is Isaiah 61 
because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. That's why it's part of your story. Because you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to go to the brokenhearted. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to bring sight to the blind. But that's not your destination. Your destination is to greet him when he comes. So when you start putting faith substance to those things you're hoping for, there's nothing, nothing wrong with hoping for a prophetic word that came over your life to be fulfilled. Nothing wrong with having hope in the Psalm 139, the book that was written concerning you, and why you were fashioned and shaped even before you entered your mother's womb. Excuse me. Fashioned and shaped inside of your mother's womb according to God's purposes and plans before you even entered your mother's womb. But I want you to, 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 to have the assurance that when you're facing, I mean, stop and think about it. Joshua, we are the Joshua generation, if you will. We're going to places where we've never gone before. Sure, we can say we know what it looks like, but not till we get there, different faces, different place, different circumstances, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. To continue to go to the next page of your story and how many other people's lives are going to be part of your story and are you going to be part of theirs? To where then their destination becomes your destination. Prepared for his return. And not just prepared for the return, his return. John the Baptist prepared the way of his first coming. The word says that you and I are preparing the way for his second coming. Because we're preparing those We're bringing those into the family of God. Because Ephesians 1, and man, I could go on for hours. In the administration of all things, that means when the fullness of time, this church age comes to a close, Jesus is coming back to gather up all things in Christ, in earth and in heaven, which means then he's going to establish his kingdom. So what's he going to gather when he comes to the Hartford, Vermont, or the Upper Valley? The altar of his presence that we contend for. Isn't that why we're here every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night? We're establishing the altar of his presence. We're just not crying out. We're not just having a fun Sunday service. We're building upon the altar of his presence. And how many people have you introduced him to in this upper valley for when he comes? See, he's coming to gather. You're the ones here to disciple. That's your commission. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. To disciple. For when he comes, you've prepared as much as we have access to in this upper valley. You ever wonder why you didn't stay in Jamaica for me? Because you're part of this. It's part of your story. Would you want to be anywhere else? No. no. You want to be planting in a field that you're not going to reap the harvest? See? Now come on. Now come on. Hello. Come on. I've been saying that for 30 years here now. And she just now comes out with it. 
Because that's my name, Lonnie, L-A-N-I. That's where my namesake was from, Hawaii. So I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you, Val, but I, I want to just... I, well, it's, yeah, but I, but I want this to settle on you. I want Hebrews 11 to be so so key in your life right now. Don't let the things that are besetting you be your destination. That's not where he's going to leave you. He hasn't brought you there. Brian, he hasn't brought you where you are right now. It's part of the story. And John, I'm going to hear the story about your arm because that's not your destination, dude. It happens. <laughs> well, I guess what? It's part of his story. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence most of all. I can't preach and even begin. I can't, even, I can't do anything that would match your presence, Father. There isn't anything in this earth. <laughs> there isn't anything in the heavenly realm that can equal who you are, Father. There's only one God. There's only one Abba. There's only one Father. There's only one Sabbath, El Shaddai. And Father, let this time be so real for us that we can keep our eye on the prize of the high calling because that's all Paul was talking about. Look at the destination. Look at the destination. Don't worry about this stuff. Walk it through. Walk it through together. And Father, enable us to love you more and love one another more as we walk this out. And Father, I just thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, I just thank you. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. We wouldn't be free. We wouldn't have the freedom both in the spirit and in this nation if it wasn't for you. And Father, I thank you for your Son. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I've got to go now. But I'm going to leave you the Counselor. I'm going to leave you the Healer. I'm going to leave you the Spirit that's going to teach you. He's going to guide your steps. He's going to give you ears to hear and eyes to see. As the Father showed me, And Father, let it be established. Father, as you sent me into the world, I send them. Father, let us fulfill, let us complete that which you've had according to the story of your Son, according to the story of your Word, and according to the story that now we're starting to see and experience. And we love you. Take a second and just tell him you love him. Just, just tell him you love him. You're grateful. You're so grateful. So grateful, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to be a part of greeting, if you want to help, there's still plenty of things. There's a list that you can add your name to. It's eight days, eight evenings, wonderful family dinners, all, a lot of things that you could help with. Just you can see uh, Barbara Dean. You can see Debbie. 
You can see any of the Robins. You can see Sean Wilder. There's just it just and if you haven't experienced it, I mean Beth and different ones. Uh, yeah, I even found out this morning Kyle's taking the whole week off. That's what I'm talking about. Because you know what? You're going to find there's going to be a, a timing in your life that you're going to say, you know what? There isn't anything else more important. Stop and think about it. What I, what I want to miss, the day of trumpets, without you. Or the day of atonement. I want to be together when that happens. When that final trumpet sounds, I want, to, I want us to be together. I don't want anybody, well, i got something to do, Lonnie. I've got, got to bury my father. Or I've got this field to tend to. No, I want to be with you. Amen? We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.